Welcome to an Indie Story. Hello, and welcome to an Indie Story, brought to you by the Thoughts and Players podcast. Now look, we love indie games, so we wanted to create this podcast not only to show our love for the indie game, but the indie developer as well. I am Jeremy, and I'm here with my two compadres. I have David. What up? And I have Corey. Hello, hello. And for our very first episode of an indie story, we have a special guest here. Uh, he is the head programmer, founder of, am I saying it, Zweihander? <laughs> yeah, that's good enough. <laughs> there we go. Zweihander Games. Acceptable. Yeah. Uh, we have Mr. Uh, Madison Williams, I believe. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. There we Hello. go. <laughs> so, uh, again, we were kind of talking a little bit before, before we got started recording and getting into this. Um, we just really wanted to detail the story of the independent de developer. Um, you know, indie games have grown and become huge in recent years with PC gaming and all that stuff. I know I got into PC gaming about three, four years ago. And I was revealed to a whole new world of indie games. And I've been jumping into it headfirst ever since. It's really great to kind of get that contrast um, between, you know, the big AAA stuff that's kind of, you know, blockbustery, and the more independent stuff that feels more intimate, feels more, there's a lot more creativity, uniqueness that's brought into that. Uh, so we wanted to have you on because we've uh, seen some stuff about your game, which is called Captain Contraband. I love the name. It plays off the off the cuckoo, whatever that is in literature. I forgot what it's called. <laughs> Alliteration. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, but it's it's fantastic. So uh, the first question I had for you um, is, could you tell us about the game, really? Yeah. Um, so actually, to to dovetail a little bit um, about what you were saying about uh, AAA titles and the indie scene and and just uh, you know what that's all about. Um, you know, I, I I've played triple AAA titles, you know, my whole time I've been a gamer. Um, and, uh, I've, I've really only been playing, playing indie games actively since probably like 2012. Um, and, uh, I found that, um, the, the big AAA games felt like big blockbuster Marvel movies to me. Um, they're very good. They're very well polished, uh, and they have very wide audience appeal. Um, and they're designed such that they have very wide audience appeal. Um, but with indie games, uh, because their production budgets are so much smaller, they can be more risky and maybe the, the right word is targeted in yeah. what they're trying to convey to the player. Um, and so Captain Contraband is, uh, is a very small targeted idea. Um, and that's, that's how it always started. And that was always the intent. Um, the project has since sort of uh, uh, blown up a little bit um, since that initial kind of spark. Um, but uh, I can tell you the the origins of the game um, are uh, I was actually playing uh, I was playing Sunless Sea, and this would have been in like 2016 or so. Um, and uh, there's a mission in Sunless Sea where you you're you're smuggling 
this, uh, you know, piece of precious cargo from one end of the sea to the next. And uh, there's all sorts of like, you know, hazards and giant enemy crabs and whatever else uh, in, in the, uh, the Untersee, uh, if you've ever played that game. Um, and, you know, I, I did the mission and I felt this sense of uh, anticipation and nervousness uh, as I was transporting the goods across the sea. And, you know, I kept playing the game and there weren't really any other missions like that. Uh, you know, you were kind of just going from port to port doing, you know, uh, RPG story stuff, uh, which is cool. Not really my cup of tea, though. Yeah. Um, and so Captain Contraband was born out of a want of I want to take that feeling that I felt and capture it and and make an entire game out of that that feeling of uh, anticipation and nervousness. Um, yeah. So, yeah, thus born Captain Contraband. Nice. nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, did you kind of have the inspiration just from that game, or were you working on games previously before that? Or was that the one where you're like, you know what, I have to turn this idea into a game? Yeah, uh, it's it's funny you say that. Um, yeah, so I, I've I've been, uh, you know, uh, you could say a game developer for, um, you know, probably about uh, five to six years now. Um, but all the games prior to this were either board games uh, or or game jam games. Um, I've uh, I've been a programmer since I was a teenager, um, you know, doing some form of coding uh, since I was like 15. Um, and uh, the I'm, I'm a big systems guy. Uh, I love systems. It sounds really uh, nerdy, um, but I really love a good system. Um, and uh, so, you know, board games and, and computer games really, really uh, appealed to me. Um, so, uh, where was I going with this? What was the, what was the original question? <laughs> the question was, was this the game that got you into like, Hey, I need to make a game because I played this mission and there's just not a game that gives me this feeling throughout. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The, the answer to that is a hard yes. Um, it was really the, it was the first time that I was like, all right, like, I think I can make a, like a real commercial game out of this, uh, to like put up on steam. Um, and it seems tight enough in scope that it seems accomplishable uh, for someone of my means. You know, I'm not I'm not like I don't work for Ubisoft or whatever. You know, I don't have those types of resources. Um, but this I felt I could do. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I did. That's awesome. Yeah, it's nice. And, and I really like that. The thing that you that you kind of let with 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 wanting to make this game is the feeling you got. Mm. As opposed to just the mission type or whatever it is, of course that that's what helped motivated that feeling of anxiousness and and, and nervousness and anticipation. But it, it was those feelings that you hung on to that seemed to be what propelled you to want to make the game. Really, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it was it was definitely I, I had never really had that specific feeling in a game before. I've had you know there's stuff like it, but. The sort of, um, you know, the idea of you carrying precious cargo and, you know, anything that can go wrong can, uh, you know, spill that cargo and, and you're, you know, you're no longer able to get rewarded by it. And then the, the feeling of accomplishment when you actually deliver the cargo is, uh, is huge. So, um, yeah, it's the whole now that kind of that kind of brings me into a question. Is that why you kind of went roguelite? Because it has that like finality to like every run, like every run you really have to you have to make it or else you lose everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so so. Permadeath, I feel, was it was a um, a natural companion to a game like this because 
you have to create stakes somehow um, because otherwise your decisions don't matter. Um, so, you know, uh, where you stop at port, what seas you decide to sail, um, you know, based on what you know of how dangerous they are, all these sort of little micro decisions uh, are meaningless if you just respawn uh, when you when you die. Um, but taking in all of that information and using it to create uh, an actual, you know, plot your course um, literally uh, in the game of, of how you're going to get these goods to where they need to go, um, making all those little decisions matter to the end results, I, I felt was essential to uh, the design of the game. And uh, again, yeah, permadeath was like a, uh, a com uh, an easy companion for that right, idea. Right. Nice. Um, you had mentioned that you kind of got into programming around fifteen, pretty young. Yeah. <laughs> and and ever since then, you've been you know just kind of learning these languages and and coding away and getting and getting better and better at it. Um, was there anything in regards to like your history of doing that that kind of um influence or educated your choice of the type of tools you're going to use to create your game? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, so yeah, all throughout my, um, career, uh, and my, my life, uh, I've been kind of, uh, uh obsessed with systems, um, as I mentioned before and programming languages are systems under themselves. Um, yeah. you know, how they deal with syntax. Uh, I don't want to get too into the weeds here, uh, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, Basically, every programming language, if you think of it like uh, it's like a tool in a garage, um, you know, you wouldn't use a wrench to to hammer a nail, right? I mean, you could. They call that an electrician's hammer, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but you but but you wouldn't want to. You would want a hammer. Um, programming languages are exactly like that. Uh, every programming language started as some nerd saying, "I bet that I can solve this problem in a smarter way." Uh, every single programming language that's ever existed started that way. And so they are tailor-made for solving a, a given problem um, always. Uh, and, you know, some languages, they sprout into these giant, you know, things where they're, they're solving many problems for many different people because people extend the languages over time. And I, and I feel uh, it, it's the same with uh, with gaming um, and and frameworks uh, and, and and languages. The standard uh, gaming uh, game development language is, is C at this point or or C sharp, um, and uh, that's a standard for a reason. Uh, a bunch of programmers um, needed very very low level tools for dealing with the hardware uh, to make games perform back in the day. Um, I mean, uh, you look at a game like uh, like like StarCraft Brood War, uh, for its time and place, what would it come out like '96? Uh, insane, right? Like there's there's hundreds and hundreds of zerglings on the on the field, and they're all like doing AI, uh, and that that's a lot of memory, and so they had to program it in something like C++ to to manage the the low level memory um, of the game. Um, so for Captain Contraband. I really wanted a language that was um, simple. Uh, I wanted a framework that was simple. It's 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 a 2D game and, and has always been conceptually a 2D game, um, even though it's kind of 2.5D. But we, we can get to that later. But um, <laughs> so I, I really wanted a a engine and a language that was specifically meant uh, for 2D uh, graphics programming. 
Um, and so I ended up on uh, Game Maker Studio 2, um, and uh, their, their language is GML, um, uh, scripting languages. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that's what I've been going with um, over, the, over the years uh, with this game. Nice. Yeah. We were kind of talking about before just, you know, looking at uh, the trailer and the website, dope website, super dope website, by the way. Thank and you. We were talking about uh, one of the things we really liked was the art style. Yeah. That it kind of has like, I don't want to is I don't know is cartography is that the correct word kind of like yeah yeah the style of is. everything yeah um, yeah what what kind of what influenced that now I know you have um, other people you, you're working with on the game mm-hmm. as well so I'm I'm guessing they brought some ideas maybe on how the art would look as well but I'm guessing since you know you're you're your head chief here that you had a <laughs> lot of you had at least a strong vision for what you wanted the game to look like initially. I had some influence, yeah. So um, uh, this is this is an interesting story, actually. So when the game was first conceptualized, um, I, I'm working with my art director uh, Elliot Morrow. Um, he's, uh, he, he's he does literally all the art that you see. The, the this thing behind me, um, uh, all all of the game's art is all by Elliot, um, and he is a he is. A, uh, he's extremely good uh, and 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 so great to work with. Um, so ir- originally, the art style for the game, I had this vision of it um, being like a. Uh, you ever see those uh, those paintings, those oil paintings of ships um, in like you know cresting waves, and it's all dramatic and you know thunder and lightning and all that sort of thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Originally, it was meant to look like one of those nautical oil paintings. Um, and uh, that's what it was for, you know, eight months or so. Um, how that evolved uh, was we got to a point where f- somehow we couldn't exactly get the visuals to mesh together two-dimensionally, which I know seems kind of... Um, uh, uh, kind of weird because, you know, oil paintings are two dimensional, but it's a two dimensional picture of a three dimensional thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what we were doing because it's, you know, top down, um, uh, bird's eye view or whatever, whatever you want to call that, um, top down isometric ish, um, that art style wasn't really making things, uh, pop out of the, the monitor, you know what I'm saying? Um, and the, the, like there wasn't enough contrast and it was just, uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't working. And we, we got to a point where both me and Elliot were like, you know what, like we keep iterating on this and, and it's not working. Um, and, uh, uh, so, you know, what are we going to do? Um, around that same time, uh, there is this, uh, really wonderful event, uh, called the San Francisco map fair. I think they had to cancel this year or last year for obvious reasons, but, um, every year, uh, it's, it's a map fair. Um, and, uh, you know, not to gush too hard, uh, for too long about this, but, uh, this event is, uh, when I say San Francisco map fair, whatever you pictured in your head, it's like, it's like 10 times cooler than that. <laughs> um, so, uh, let, let me describe to you what it is. So it's basically a bunch of people with booths and these people with booths are collectors of antique maps. And these are real maps, not recreations like oh, wow. real 17th century age of sale maps. Like I'm getting goosebumps just talking about this. Uh, <laughs> but it, like I, I went there and I was like, I, 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 I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was like, this is from 1650. Like, right. like somebody hand painted this 
and if it and if it's a copy, somebody hand painted the copy. <laughs> like yeah. it's still a dude hand painting it. And that style was like I mean, it was like a uh it was like a creative uh uh explosion, right? Like Elliot was excited, I was excited, and we were like, you know what? Like Captain Contraband has to use this art style. Like this is just it's too cool. Um, and, uh, and what's one of the really cool things about using this art style is there are actual artistic conventions, uh, for how to make these maps. I don't know if you guys, you know, know anything about antique maps, uh, and map making, but, um, like the, the dimensionality, like how things are shaded, all of that stuff is all like pretty standardized over the years, because this is something that these, you know, uh, uh, 17th century, 18th century artists did for hundreds and hundreds of years. And only recently really stopped doing. Um, so uh, yeah, that was the that was the inspiration. It's a very long answer, but that's that's the inspiration uh, for the art style and 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 where we ended up, where we uh, where we got. I mean, that's a great answer, though. So it's definitely <laughs> worth it. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a that's a very great that's a that's a great story to get to. Yeah, you're like, hey, we had this went to a math festival. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. And I'm telling you. This is a kick-ass map festival, <laughs> and we saw all these different hand-drawn maps. Because you're right, it was basically a trade for a lot of people, like oh, up to yeah. a certain point, because yeah. of all these excursions and different kind of, you know, sailing stuff they were doing to discover yeah. or trade routes or something like that. Yeah. yeah, and these were these were valuable things. Like if you were a ship captain, like you needed to have these if you were going yeah. somewhere. Um, and it's also hilarious how inaccurate a lot of them are. Um, the, the, you know, the, 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 there's actual, they have maps of like what they thought, uh, the continental United States looked like ish. Uh, and it's just completely wrong. Like it's, it's <laughs> way, way, way off. Um, but oh, beautiful, obviously. Right. Uh, they also, there was also a map. This was actually like really inspirational to us. Um, they, uh, th there was a map of like the Arctic circle, uh, the, nor the North pole. And, and, you know, they didn't know what was like actually up there um, on the on the top of the pole. Right. So they actually they drew what they thought was there and was causing these weird currents all throughout the world, which was like this central kind of uh, I don't, don't want to say whirlpool, but a central reservoir of water where water was spewing out from <laughs> four different sides. Hmm. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's, it's beautifully rendered. It's, it's, it's awesome and completely wrong uh, as we know now, but, <laughs> but just, just like the amount of time these people spent on things that were very wrong, uh, but you know, very well drawn is, uh, is very impressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyone listening, uh, if you, if you have a chance to go to the San Francisco map fair, um, you should absolutely do it. It's, uh, it's, it's truly, uh, an awe inspiring thing. Uh, to me, yeah, I have some friends that uh, live in California, and so they're gonna hear this, so they'll they'll right. probably definitely take a look. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> way cooler than you think. Because <laughs> yeah, when you explained it, because I've been to like a lot of anime conventions, so I was just yeah. thinking that, except just like for maps. Right. Yeah. Oh, like posters of maps, or like you know, cute anime girls drawing maps, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, no, no, none of that. Uh, it's right, real yeah. actual but, history. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I, who knew this? This is crazy to me. They just have the stuff. It's wild. I just imagine <laughs> that instead of their brain being an anime girl doing something, there's a girl dressed as a duchess sailing in the wrong direction. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> so it's a good thing that people hoard because now you can 
take their stuff. Definitely. <laughs> Um, but yeah, all the all the buildings that you see uh, in the um, in in the world of Captain Contraband, all that stuff is like completely lifted from antique antique map making. Um, if you if you ever Google like you know 17th century like map of like Venice, like an actual like a city map almost, that's what the, that's what it looked like. Um, and they even had like names of streets and stuff like in the in the beautiful artwork. Um, it's it's really wild. Anyway, I'm going on and on about that's maps. Awesome. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> welcome to but, again. Map- podcast <laughs> right if anything, this will be a good it's a big part of the San game Francisco. though right <laughs> it is. Know, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's a big part of the, the art style is absolutely so unique and then, like you said going from it didn't it didn't the original version that you had didn't pop the way you wanted it to on the screen this this definitely does because there's i haven't seen any games that look like it um yeah, yeah. you know and, and to see the way that it works from the trailer and everything like that the game functions and looks very good within this art style so it's definitely something that's uh that's an achievement thank you yeah and and that's that's something that we well i I, me specifically i'm a huge stickler for visual uh uh, visual acuity like um i hate playing a game where there's not enough contrast between enemies in the background and especially an action game, like a real-time action game, mm-hmm. you end up making weird decisions, like split seconds, and you're like, wait, I thought that was a, a boulder. Uh, that's actually a, an enemy. It's a skeleton. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yep. that annoys me to no end. Um, and uh, uh, so having being able to leverage a an art style that isn't really um, subject to the real world, like, mm-hmm. like how things are actually rendered in the real world, means that you can make anything contrast uh, against the the seawater or enemies or you know whatever it is you want to do. Um, you know y- you can manipulate the color palette um, and uh, and make it work within this art style. So um, yeah, it's great. Fantastic, man. <laughs> yeah, with the with the art style and all the programming, you know, like did any of that decide on what game engine to use? Uh, no, the, the art style and the programming I knew, uh, uh, no, I, I wouldn't say that it was, it was more like I knew I needed it to be 2d or my vision for it was that it would be 2d, um, originally. And then, uh, as far as the engine, I, I always, you know, just me as a, as a programmer, um, I always try and use the, um, the, 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 the slimmest tool for the job that I need. Um, okay. So I you know, I don't want to bring in a a, a one gigabyte uh, framework that comes with Unity for my you know 250 megabyte game if that makes sense um, yeah yes but you know this might be neuroses on my part I don't know um, but that's <laughs> uh, just that's how I think about it and and you know uh, I I like I like things to be nice and nice and slick so when you download Captain Contraband from the time that you press download to loading up the game and playing it. In my head, uh, that's like you know, five minutes tops, uh, if if that, uh, even if your internet wow. sucks. Um, so uh, that's always been something that's been in my head uh, as as a goal of what I want to do. In that, um, you know, again to get slightly nerdy, uh, informs uh, all of the uh, audio compression that we do, and you know the 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 image compression and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of knobs to turn uh in uh in, in what you want your game experience to be like right right so i know um cory had a question before which i know that you, you mentioned earlier that the game's coming out on steam mm-hmm. yeah 
All uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I was going to save this to last, but is there <laughs> is there a possible council port in in the future? Uh, yes. So uh, the way that it's programmed, uh, I, I made it. Um, uh, well, maybe I won't use that term, but it's compatible with with controller. Um, it will need some work. I'm not going to. Okay. I'm not going to simul release it. It's not going to be right. you know, PC and you know PS5 uh, at the same time because <laughs> um, you know it really does need work. And and specifically, um, the uh, the UI of the game is is a big challenge uh, right. on, on console. Um, and and how you know because there's there's a uh, there's a lot of UI in this game. You know, it's it's basically a um, it's a management game uh, that is also a, a roguelike with real time action elements uh, to it. And so we really like like console perfect for real time action elements. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I could plug in my controller and play it now, uh, and it would be fine. Uh, it, it, it would play great actually. Um, it's all the UI stuff that's the that's the the, the challenging stuff uh, for console. Um, I mean, you see uh, all, all the time actually. Um, you know, AAA games will have a completely different UI uh, for console, or at, right. at the very least. The UI will be, uh, you know, exactly the same, but you can tell it's geared towards console. You know, yes, uses right. all the L1 stuff to open up this menu and the the right stick to, you know, select stuff on the right menu. That <laughs> that kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Uh, so we're going to be doing stuff like that um, for for console, and and we really want it to be a. Uh, uh, not a shitty port. Can I swear on this? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we, 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 we want it to be a, 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 a grade a port. We don't want it to be, you know, just kind of, you know, thrown out there, um, as a, as a grade B product. We want it to actually be a lot of fun and, and seamless to play on, on console. So, right. And that's, that's appreciated because stuff that's just is rushed, you know, we, we've seen with like cyberpunk, it things <laughs> go wrong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, it, it's uh, uh, bugs, man. Like, like especially with UI. Uh, I mean, there's untold bugs on console uh, for Captain Contraband right now, as we speak. Uh, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> and you know, vetting all those out and like putting it through QA and and really, um, really actually kind of designing it from the ground up as a console first experience, um, I think is a, is a valuable exercise to go through for sure. Um, we don't want to leave these boys in the dust, you know, (laughs) (laughs) right. (laughs) But PC first, you know, I'm a PC gamer. That's where it's getting released first. (laughs) Right. Right. That's fair. That's fair. So, um, Um, I kind of want to, Jeremy, if I can jump in. I kind of want to, reading the key features on Steam, you talk about having like three different paths that you can really choose, pirate, uh, smuggler, and trader. Mm -hmm. How does that like work for like, you can be each of these throughout the entirety of the game and kind of... Yeah, so so at the beginning of your playthrough, you're going to be choosing a captain to play. Um, And right now there's three playable captains. Uh, There's uh, Fong, who's the, you know, she's a, a pirate captain. She's very aggressive. Uh, you know, shoots fireballs and that sort of thing. Um, and then uh, there's Taco, who's a, a, an, an octopus, uh, and he's a smuggler. Um, <laughs> and he wants to avoid uh, conflict as much as possible um, and ensnare people in ink and tentacles and, you know, just get the hell out of there. Get the goods in the, in the, in the, in the hold and get it out of there. Um, and, then, uh, and then we have a third one who we, we haven't technically uh, announced yet. 
okay. Um, okay. who's going to be the the the, the traitor captain. Um, uh, but uh, his designs are all, um, you know, it, it, it's all there. Uh, but uh, yeah, still needs some uh, some time in the oven for sure. Nice. No exclusive for us. I <laughs> <laughs> keep something secret. That's right. <laughs> well, I can, I can, yeah, I can tell you the inspiration. Uh, okay, okay, I, I, I can get there. So, um, uh, about a year and a half ago, um, I went to uh, Bulgaria um, as part of a uh, part of a work thing. This is uh, my my job at the time, um, and uh, uh, I. First of all, um, uh, shout out to any Bulgarians listening to this. Um, uh, Bulgaria is awesome. Uh, I, I I loved it there. Um, the people had this like awesome wry sense of humor. Um, and if you guys don't know, uh, Bulgaria is very famous uh, for its honey, um, its bees and its honey. Um, and uh, man, that's for good reason. Uh, their honey is <laughs> insanely good. Uh, I actually still have some honey that I got from Bulgaria in my house right now. And I'm like, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm like, I'm really stingy with it. Like, you, you gotta <laughs> save it. Yeah. It's not going in my tea. Like if I'm having it, I'm, I'm really having it. I'm putting it on some toast, you know, I'm, I'm making it happen. Um, so the honey that I got was uh, a coworker at the time. Uh, he got from a guy. It just, he was just like in the mountains, uh, just some random guy. There's no label, uh, <laughs> no regulation, no nutrition facts, none of that. It's just a jar of raw honey from a random guy in the mountains. Um, and th- this is, and I, and I, and you can quote me on this, the best honey I've ever had in my life. Uh, <laughs> it is so good. Uh, it, it is truly insane. I don't know what kind of flowers are growing in those, in those mountains of Bulgaria, but damn, uh, it is really good. <laughs> um, so the, the trader captain, um, is inspired by this, uh, by this mountain man, uh, that, uh, that, that, that raised these bees, um, and, and produces this honey. So it's a floating beehive uh, with the with the with the guy in it, um, and all of his powers are based off of, uh, you know, his bees uh, or the honey that uh, regenerates constantly in his hold. So his his ship becomes more powerful as honey collects in his hold. That's cool. That's well, uh, so cool. Yeah. I have my I have my character now. That's it. That's <laughs> honey man. That's that's the piece right there. Boom. <laughs> you had me at octopus, and then you went honey man, and it's like it's over. <laughs> no honey man. Nothing else needed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, that was uh, obviously a, a, a big inspiration, um, and uh, yeah, he's great. Um, so I, we're, I'm excited to, to to really fully announce him and get all of his art assets in the game. Um, Elliot's done a, a, again a fantastic job uh, with character design. Um, just putting something that I had vaguely in my head of a man I've never met but have only <laughs> tasted his honey, um, and uh, uh, and putting it onto onto paper um, and uh, and making him come to life. It's really a, an inspiring thing. So, and like that process is like you taste a little bit of the honey. It's like I feel like he has a big beard can you put that yeah. down is that kind of how it works <laughs> i don't know I, I think i think i uh uh i just you know i met i met some bulgarians while i was there um and uh you know they're they're i mean uh 
they're uh, Eastern European, right? And the, like right, right, the, right. the old men out there have a have a look to them, and they have a maturity to them. Yeah, the and, old country look. Yeah, and you know, uh, not to get like political or anything, but like they were uh, under the thrall of Soviet Russia for for uh, many many years, um, and so you know the the people there are are hardy 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 people. Um, and, uh, you know, and before that they were under Turkish rule for 500 years, 500 years ruled by the Turks. Um, so very, very hardy, very tough, uh, very cool, uh, people there. Yeah. Um, would recommend if you ever get the chance to go to Bulgaria, it's cool. I mean, you, sound, you make it sound very, uh, good to want to go there. <laughs> it sounds very hangoverish. Like, so uh, when you... Right. What's going to happen, you know? Right. <laughs> when you were pitching this idea, Jeremy, I did not think we would talk about Soviet Russia and a map <laughs> convention in San Francisco. This has been great so far. Yeah, a lot of a lot of ins and outs. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, if you're not if you're not interested in this game for the Bulgarian mountain honey man alone, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing in life. I mean, what other game would you be able to play? What other game would you? Like <laughs> exactly. Not. Um, so yeah, his his kit is going to be all about uh, you know um, disabling and and you know uh, being tough. Uh, you know, if your if your honey's filled, uh, your whole your hull, um, and then you can sell off your honey uh, from port to port, which you know gives you money but depowers you temporarily. Gotcha. Um, so. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty exciting stuff. <laughs> awesome, nice man. So, um, I know that right now the game is available to wishlist on Steam. Yes, you can wishlist it on Steam. Awesome. Um, I know you guys are working on it. Do you anticipate when people may begin to start getting their hands on this thing? Yeah. Uh, so I want to do a uh, an alpha and beta. Um, starting in the early summer and ending in the late summer. Um, and so uh, that's going to be a, a really involved process, you know, making sure you, you test the game and, and, you know, rigorously make sure that it's a, it's a product worth releasing. Um, and then uh, after I'm, I feel uh, like it's a fun game, <laughs> it's not going to piss a bunch <laughs> of people off, uh, I will release it. Uh, so that's what I can tell you. There, there is no uh, uh, official release date at this point, um, right. but uh, I am absolutely intent on getting it into alpha uh, in the beginning of the summer this year. That's nice. Awesome. Yeah. With, nice. With that intentional release around then, has the uh, pandemic made any difficult things there in the development? Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's so weird because like the the pandemic affected the game development uh, of Captain Contraband in ways that I wouldn't really expect. Um, like, uh, you know, I work out of my house uh, and, you know, uh, my wife's always here. Uh, and so, like, you know, it, it's 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 not as easy to, you know, sit down and say, get out of here <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, uh, work on the game. Right. Um, and, uh, uh, and similarly, you know, um, the people that I work with, you know, we, we would have days where they would come over to my house and we would just jam on the game for, you know, hours and hours and hours. Um, and, uh, that's no longer an option for us, uh, during the pandemic. And those are some of our best days, right. Where we're able to really put our heads together and, um, you know, figure out problems, figure out what's going on with this game. 
Um, and uh, that that's a very valuable thing that that's been uh, that's been lost. Uh, that being said, uh, you know, uh, I, I am not uh, the worst person off from the pandemic in the world. <laughs> um, you know, I still get to work from home, and uh, you know, I'm I'm perfectly uh, fine and healthy. Um, and I'm a homebody anyway, man. I'm always here. You know, yeah. chilling. Same. <laughs> I'll go outside. <laughs> So yeah, it's uh, uh it, it has sucked, but uh, not as much as it could have. That's good. Awesome. Well, um, gentlemen, did you have any more questions for our special guest here? Uh, <laughs> All right. I'll take anything. Yeah, Listen, <laughs> I got my exclusive. I'm very happy. <laughs> so. So I'm good. Core is easy to please. I am. <laughs> that that is absolutely not true. Uh, <laughs> but, but okay, so, I guess it depends what it is. Exactly. <laughs> but what that's going to bring us, we're closing into the on the end of this uh, first episode here. So one thing we're bringing over here that we usually do on our other podcasts is that we have this uh, segment called Final Thought, and during this during this Final Thought thing, uh, everyone gives their final thought or take on something either related to the conversation that happened in the episode or it could be totally unrelated. If maybe you want to talk about something, shout out someone, plug something, right? Um, so I figured that I'm going to save the honor for our guest Madison here going last. And so who wants to be first to give their final thought on this first episode of an indie story? I, I will go first real quick. Okay. There okay. it is. There it is. I just want to say shout out to Madison and his team. Uh, Captain Contraband looks amazing. And you had me when you said you play board games. Like that instantly was like, this, yep, is, a man I, it. this is a man I can trust. <laughs> I trust him. So Yeah, yeah I saw the little yeah. twinkle in your eye when he said that. I know. He said he made games. So I'm like interested. I, I want to know like what uh, any board games I would have heard of. No, no, nothing published. Uh, oh, okay. Just, uh, I, okay. I have playtest copies uh, of some of the games that I've uh, built and designed, uh, but nothing, nothing made it quite over the line uh, to, okay. to get published. Okay. So maybe one day. Maybe one day. I'll be looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can. All right. Here we go. All right. Uh, I really like that yeah, there was a whole like map convention thing. Like I don't even think that would be a thing. <laughs> Like that is awesome. Like if I'm ever over there, I'm definitely gonna hope it's during that time. Because like I'm not really a historian, but just to see like older things like that is like really interesting to me. So thanks for giving me that knowledge. Hell yeah, man! <laughs> Happy to do it. I, I I will spread that gospel to to anybody. Uh, <laughs> I will say this is not my final thought, but I will say that David, you saying you're not a historian is one of the most adorable things you've ever said. Okay. What? <laughs> it was what I, that's the class. Like I hated. Ah, I got you. <laughs> I got you. I got where you're coming from. Okay. My final thought is, um, not only do I appreciate Madison, you, and your team, you coming on here talking to us, your team behind this game that looks super dope. We, we all, I mean, Corey likes really digs roguelikes. I'm getting into them. Mm -hmm. Um, and then obviously David here is probably our resident PC gamer guy, like for reals, for reals. Um, <laughs> but uh, my final thought is that I uh, really appreciate or find interesting the idea that some of the things that are in your game, whether it's 
uh, Bulgarian mountain honey man, or whether it's the art style itself, that it's been inspired by these um, really th personal things in your life that uh, have been able to kind of permeate and draw themselves into the game. And though they may look like random things or abstract ideas of other people, they actually come from these realized uh, genuine moments you've had in life. Uh, that's something I find really interesting. So um, I thank you for that. And final thought, Madison. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to to talk about this stuff. You know, somebody who just like buys and plays the game, like they, they probably wouldn't know about all, any of this stuff. Um, but but for me, um, uh, I there's I wouldn't have made it past the you know the three month mark uh, if it weren't for my team. Uh, so you know, huge shout out to them, Elliot, Kevin, Andy, Jesse. Uh, you guys are uh, the light of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um and just and just so inspiring like it's it's the kind of thing that's like no no man's an island and and i don't care how motivated you are and i do consider myself a pretty motivated person i don't care how motivated you are there is no way uh that that you're gonna you're gonna make it alone you know you need people to feed off of and you need people to fuel your own creativity and your own drive uh to make something happen and uh and my team has been uh awesome for that so um it's uh it's huge man um it's uh, uh the the collaboration aspect of it has been uh really uh, the experience of a lifetime for me so it's been awesome yeah it's awesome uh that that brings us to the end of our first episode of an indie story um, how do I usually end this, guys? Regular way? Let's just talk about it. Guys, if you guys, if you like what you heard, we implore you to A, check out Captain Contraband, wish list it on your Steam. All right. Follow them on the socials. We'll make sure to uh to link them and plug them in our show notes and description. That way you guys can stay informed. We'll be making sure that we stay in contact so we're informed and we can pass it along to our audience. So stay plugged in with them. Stay plugged in with us. Just stay plugged in. You know what I'm saying? The Matrix is all pretty cool. Plugs. Stay plugged There's in. <laughs> yeah, all the plugs. Just stay plugged in. Um, also, if you think that the three of us, you know, I myself, David, Corey, uh, if you think that we're all not too bad, perhaps you will follow us on our socials. Uh, you can like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thoughts and players all one word uh as well as on instagram at thoughts.players we are on twitter at thoughts players too again i will say that is Corey's domain scary place yeah. <laughs> so, you can go there it's a scary place uh we are also on tiktok that is my domain self-admit scary place okay but uh we hope that you follow us there we hope that you guys Check out Captain Contraband. Wishlist Go on Steam. Do that thing. Look out for it in whatever, in a year or two or three or five, whenever you guys bring it to console. I know Corey will be there <laughs> with his DualSense controller ready to go. That's right. Um, and, and we'll be there, too, I think, right? Maybe. <laughs> David, we'll be there. I'll be there on my Xbox. Will you be there? <laughs> whenever I get one. Whenever he gets one. He doesn't. <laughs> it's going to be eventually. He's PC master racing it still, so he'll probably just be on Steam with it, which is fair. <laughs> wow. um, but uh, yeah, that is it for us. 
you guys let us know what you think about the new series this is something that we're really passionate about we want to do we're very honored to have madison on as our first guest uh, to talk about this really great indie game that is coming up uh, that has really interesting stories behind its creation they're great stories um, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's it for us. Again, let us know, um, and we will catch everyone on the next level.